What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Arnie's. We are three guys trying to make an impact in our family so we can be named Cousin Biscuits. I'm Matt Johnson, and I just started a pawn shop in case you guys need help with anything. I mean, I guess that means I can build anything as well. I'm Keith Baker, and let's all sit down for a nice Sunday dinner. And I'm Austin Terry, and I hope one day Wilson Fisk shows up on my doorstep with a bottle of wine and flowers. Well, Austin, you got Valentine's Day coming up. Are you excited? There's a potential. There's a potential. <laughs> I hope he brings me a Be Mine pillow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so cute. Uh, on today's show, of course, we are back to the MCU, and while I know that's a redundant statement, it is at least for the first time in 2024, so... And hopefully the last. <laughs> um, but we are here this time discussing the five-episode miniseries over on Disney Plus with Echo. Hawkeye introduced the character and came out in December 2021... And this series has had a little bit of development trouble behind the scenes since, but I'm happy to say it's finally here. Let's go ahead and just get into it. Austin and Keith, I don't really remember what your thoughts were kind of on Hawkeye or the character Echo where she was introduced. So kind of fill us in. And then, of course, how do you feel about their return in this miniseries format? Non-spoilers, of course. Yeah, Hawkeye for me is another one of those kind of just long lists lately of forgettable MCU shows. It's kind of one that like, it introduced some good side characters. I love Taylor Seinfeld in the role. Can't wait to see more of her. Beyond that, like the villains were forgettable. I remember there was like a goofy tracksuit gang in there. So I think it's another example of just the MCU leaning into its poor tendencies, doing a few things right, but then ultimately delivering a mixed bag. And that's kind of going right into Echo, how I feel about the show. It's a huge letdown for me. I thought that the trailers and the marketing for the show were great. I was super excited for a more grounded, dark, serious tone, all the stuff they teased. And it really wasn't any of that. I was I was let down in kind of every aspect of the show. I, I thought I thought Alaka Cox still stayed very good in the role, but beyond that, like everything from the setting to the villains to the side characters, everything was just like questionable to me. And I, I couldn't understand anybody's motivations. And by the time the five episode series wrapped up, I, I genuinely felt like I wasted my time watching the show. So overall it's a, a huge letdown for me and, and and kind of a stinker to start the year off. Yeah, this this show just really sucks. That is did not <laughs> I did not enjoy this at all. I w I couldn't wait for it to be over. Uh I just feel like it didn't have any substance to it at, at all. I didn't care about the villains. I didn't care about Kingpin. Uh I didn't really care about Alakwa Cox. I'm not saying she was a bad performance, but I just didn't care about her character at all. What about uh, Biscuits, Keith? Did you like Biscuits? Biscuits, I mean, he was kind of the one I liked. The most, really. He kind of had some funny moments, but uh, even he wasn't oh, I that hated great. Biscuits. Oh my yeah, God. no, I didn't what? like him either. But <laughs> what? <laughs> Continue. He has some funny Continue. moments. <laughs> he has some funny moments, but um, yeah. Overall, man, I think the show just had some okay uh fight choreography in it in the first. I think episodes two and three, and maybe a little bit of the, in the first episode, and then the last two episodes were just. Like I don't know what happened. It was just garbage. There was just nothing going on. So yeah, I was really bored, really let down. Yeah, this wasn't. This one was a weird one for me because I I kind of told you guys, and I guess we talked about it a little bit on the um our last episode of 2024 kind of look ahead, where I was like, dude, I I I like Hawkeye. Like it was fun. It was like a fun Christmas show, but I didn't really care too much about Echo in that show. And now we're getting a spinoff. 
But then um, they released the trailers, and I was like, okay, hold on. They're cooking with something over there. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited for Echo. Um, and now that the show is out, I can say this confidently, guys. I had a great time. <laughs> I oh had my god! What? You're you're I, genuinely a crazy person. <laughs> <laughs> I had a great time, but I agree with everything that you guys have said. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing that you've said has made me go, "Oh, what are they thinking?" I was just like, it didn't bother me too much. Um, here's what I'll say, and these are two major, major qualifiers. Um, the fact that this came out, I I am as a Big, big fan of the Marvel Netflix projects, and this is probably something to keep in mind if you're somebody that's like listening, you haven't watched Echo, but maybe you've watched some of the Netflix stuff. Uh, this is the first TVMA uh, project that Marvel's put out, and I don't think they lived up to that when it comes to the violence or that kind of thing. But I actually do think there's a lot of like story moments and like family dynamics that I, I really don't think that like younger people would kind of appreciate. So I like that. But again, it's still it's like they they rated it TVMA. We all thought it was because they were going to make it violent like the other like Netflix stuff. And they and they really did. And there was a couple moments, but also Secret Invasion had moments where characters got shot in the head and, and all that. So it's like that doesn't really mean anything. Um, but the other thing, and this is the other major qualifier, if they had released this weekly, this would have been a devastating failure. <laughs> and I, I'm not being hyperbolic. I mean, this would have failed. Crash and burn. The fact that they kind of knew, you know what? We have what we have. Let's drop it all at once. Was a great call. Because I, I enjoyed this way more because I kind of just got to blow through it. If I had like had to wait week to week, I would not have cared. So it's another great thing. But I think besides that, I, I, I enjoyed the action. It sounds like more than you guys. I enjoyed the character dynamics. I think this show had two goals. It had to uh, take Echo, who nobody really cared about from Hawkeye, and actually give them kind of a more meaningful depth. I think they did that. They accomplished that. And then the other thing was they had to kind of fully reintroduce uh, Kingpin. And I think they, they did that as well. The problem with the show is... Maybe they had two goals, but they forgot that there was other stuff around those goals. And I think the side characters, the pacing, the editing, everything else kind of fails, unfortunately. Um, I think the main stuff is good, but um, yeah, a, lo a lot of the stuff around it kind of is, is more confusing than anything. It, it, it is a weird show. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with the confusing comment. Um, I think for me, like, it's not that I didn't like the action. That's probably the only standout in this show. But they they did the whole marketing of of the black and white trailers, and they kind yeah. of showed you what the tone they were going for. The tone in the trailers is not the tone of the show. Mm -hmm. It still has kind of the cringy Marvel comedy. So if you're wanting like a, that dark grounded toad, that's not the show for you. Um, and two, they teased a ton of action in the trailers, and there's two standout fight scenes out of a five 40 minute episodes. So yeah. if you're coming for action, you're going to be let down there too. I think if somebody came up to me on the streets and said, Hey, I haven't seen echo yet. Like, what do you think about it? I would genuinely tell them there's a side character with significant screen time named biscuits. And that's all the info you need to know. <laughs> like if that intrigues you, you'll go watch a show. And if you think that's stupid, you're not going to like the show. Like I, that really boils down to like, 
they didn't succeed in matching the tone from Netflix, and they failed on on all avenues when it comes to the side characters and the main driving plot line. Yeah, it was weird. I mean, the the whole kind of like premise when it came to marketing the show was like, hey, remember those Marvel Netflix things? Okay, they're canon now. Those happened. They're on Disney Plus, and this show's gonna be our first foray into that. And then it felt like at every turn they kept like. Pulling off the gas a little bit. It's yeah, like, they why? pulled back. They kept pulling back. What are you doing? You rated it TVMA, so you can do that. So it's like, what are... Yeah, it, it, it was unfortunate. Yeah, I agree. I can also honestly say after watching this show, I'm now more scared than ever for the Charlie Cox Daredevil show from Marvel. I think it's going to be terrible now after the show. Yeah, well, it's this show had a... Um, it's probably good that we talk about it in non-spoilers real quick, but this show had a very tumultuous production. They shot eight episodes of this show, and then Kevin Feige watched it, and he said, quote, these eight episodes are unreleasable. And so they were like, well, what do we do? Should we edit it down to four episodes or six episodes? And then they tried to do that. That didn't work. And then they reshot most of the series. So the five episodes you see here is the reshot version. And Austin, I think maybe you know this. I don't, I don't think you do, Keith. But Daredevil Born Again was originally going to be an episodic 18 episode season. I think kind of like a dramatic Law and Order, the way that She-Hulk was like kind of like a comedy Law and Order type deal. And um, they watched those episodes that they shot and they were like, this is unreleasable. <laughs> so, Daredevil also didn't appear in costume until the sixth episode of that original. Yeah, so plan. Daredevil Born Again, they fired Kevin Feige and the team. They fired um, the directors and the showrunners of Daredevil Born Again. And we talked about this, I think, on Loki because they hired the people that did Loki season two and the showrunner that did Punisher. That's who they hired to bring in to uh, revamp Daredevil. So I guess to your point, Austin, it's like, I think they realized, hey, we've made some mistakes. We got a course correct because we can't fuck up Daredevil. So I'm actually not worried about it because I think they're going to reshoot it and it's going to be fine. But it is weird that they had to reshoot it. <laughs> <laughs> like you guys said, it kind of markets itself as like this crazy action, like John Wick type fight sequences. And so I'm like, okay, I don't care about this character, but like, I feel like by the end of the show, you're going to love her because you're just going to have so many cool yeah. action and fight scenes where you're going to think she's so badass, you're going to have to love her by the end of this. And then, like you said, you only get like one or two cool scenes. And not only do I not love her by the end of this, I, I, I care even less about her character now. I'm like, let's go into something else. <laughs> From the trailers, they, they almost made it seem like she is fighting her way through Hell's Kitchen to take down Fisk. And that's not yeah. really what this show is at all. So I like the premise and the marketing is just not like it's not a I was not anticipating a, a road trip show through Oklahoma from the trailers that they released for Echo. Well, with that, uh, we're going to go ahead and get into spoiler conversation as Austin and Keith, as you guys know, these end up being some of my favorite episodes. I've really enjoyed this show. Austin's kind of like, it was not good. It was fine, I guess. And Keith was like, this was a waste of time. I hated it. These leaped as one of our best conversations. So the rest of this episode will be spoilers. So if you have not watched Echo, it's a five episode miniseries. All episodes are out now. Go check it out on Disney Plus. Or if you listen to Austin and Keith, I guess don't watch it and just keep listening to the rest of our episode. It's going to be a fun watch. I'm excited to break this one down. <laughs> I would say if you're going to watch this one, turn on episode five, skip to the post credit scene and watch that. And you'll be like, hey, Echo was pretty good. <laughs> Thank you.
All right, guys, welcome to Spoiler Territory. Let's get into this. Before we get into our discussion, Austin and Keith, run us down the cast and crew. All right, so Echo is created by Marion Dayer, who you may know from Better Call Saul, The Act, and Chanterum. Uh, Echo is actually the first time she usually had writer and executive producer for a project. Uh, the show is also directed by Catriona McKenzie and Sydney Freeland. And our score for the show is composed by David Porter. And, of course, based on Echo, created in 1999 by David Mack and Joe Casada. All right, and going into our cast, we have Alakwa Cox as Maya Lopez, Echo. Chasky Spencer as Henry Black Crow Lopez. Tantu Cardinal as Chula. Devry Jacobs as Bonnie. Zan McLaren as William Lopez. Cody Lightning as our boy Biscuits. Graham Green as Scully. And we got Vincent D'Onofrio as Wilson Fisk, Kingpin. And Charlie Cox making cameo as Matt Murdock, Daredevil. All right, guys, there's our cast and crew. Any positives, any negatives? What do we got? Um, I'll just, I have honestly nothing positive to say other than Alaco <laughs> Cox is really good in the role. She, she carries it in the, in the fight scenes and she does still give a very emotional performance, I think, despite like not actually speaking in this show. So I, like that's so much more work to do. And I was very impressed by that. And then I, I will say of all the side characters, um, I thought Henry Lopez was played very well and he was the only one I cared about. Uh, yeah, this is tough for me to shout out a positive. I didn't really think... Then shout out a negative, Keith. Yeah, I think I might have shout out negative. You're allowed to. Yeah, I think a lot of these people... I don't think I really have one in particular. Because didn't have great performances. I don't think it was really the actors themselves. I think it was more the writing. I just thought all the lines were just generic. And it just felt like they were reading off everything they were saying. Um, I, I would say if I had to shout out a little bit, I would shout out... Uh, Graham Greene as Scully as a granddad. I thought he had a little bit more emotion behind him. And then Alakwa Cox, I I don't know. There was something about, I, I think it's more the, the character itself that was bothering me the whole time. And I just couldn't get past it. Whenever she was having any sort of like supposed to be like heartfelt moment with like a family member, she just looked so emotionless the whole time. I know she's like screwed up from like being a murderer for Kingpin and her dad's dead. I get that. <laughs> I know she's screwed up, and then he lists the most, like, tragic <laughs> She hasn't seen her dad, or she hasn't seen her granddad and her uncles and cousins in, like, 20 years, and she just, like, yeah. stares yeah. at them like this the whole time. I just thought everything was so weird about this show. Everything was so awkward. So, I'm gonna leave it at that. Yeah. To me, that felt like an editing problem. I do agree with you, Keith. Like, Echo, the character, is so adamant on not getting back involved with her family or her friends, and then... We keep seeing scenes where she just does. And I was like, is this like a carryover from whenever they shot eight episodes? Did we miss like the introduction whenever she like reintroduced herself to these characters? <laughs> like there, there were some definitely weird moments, but I'm going to be way more positive than you guys, I think. Um, I, I I loved Lockwood Cox. I love Vincent D'Onofrio. I mean, Vincent D'Onofrio can do no wrong in my eyes. I'll never forget in Hawkeye whenever he said, Goldman Sachs. Um, I still, I always think about it through the entire show and it carried me through. Um, do you think if you picked up the Fisk from the Netflix show and plopped him in this show, it'd be the same character though? It feels completely different. Uh, to me, this Fisk is the same, but the one from Hawkeye isn't kind of the petulant child, the baby. Um, but also like kind of uh, turns on a dime that like violent guy. Th this felt more, uh, 
congruent to me to the Netflix stuff, which I which I like. Um, but I, I still don't think it's exactly the same, but I think it's close enough that I, I enjoyed him in this. I would say if I'm going to give like an actual like a major shout out, Austin mentioned him. And that would be Chasky Spencer as Henry Lopez, um, Maya's uncle. I have to say, when he's just like in scenes talking to people, I like really felt it when he's talking to Maya and like he's signing to her, but then also talking to her like at the same time. It felt like, wow, there's like two different elements of acting going on. And I felt like both were really emotional and like strong in different ways. So I thought he was the best performer. I wanted more of him. I wanted to know more about his backstory. He talks about it later, um, but we don't really find out um, much about it or see it. But in terms of acting, I thought he was the best in the show. He also is the side character that is the most naturally integrated into this plot of, of being someone who's a part of the criminal world and things like that. So I think that's another reason why he stands out is he's just much more important than the rest of these people are because everybody else just they kind of felt like they were popping up and then detracting from our main story instead of adding to it and so whenever i was witnessing scenes with the rest of the characters it just felt like we were wasting more time in a show that already felt like it was wasting my time in the first place keith i don't know why i want to specifically ask you this but did you like the random irish bad guy that came in for a couple episodes i'm I'm so glad you asked this question because you know what show he was in that he was great in? Hell on Wheels. Hell on Wheels. I just <laughs> guessed. I know. He played a. He played an Are we Irish. Back to the common cast. Yeah, back to the common cast. Yeah, wow. he played an Irish villain in Hell on Wheels, and he was ruthless in that show. So I was actually I kind of excited when he came into this. Uh, we needed more from him for sure. <laughs> he's a fun guy. He's, he's a fun guy. <laughs> he's a fun guy. <laughs> Everything I've seen him in, he's always he's always so good in. He's always a, such a good villain. I, I I do kind of agree. He was kind of a fun performance. I'm totally jumping out of order here, and and maybe we're already in the roundtable discussion. But that actor and that character leads into a broader question I have about the end of this show, and it is, what was the villains planned with the powwow? Were they planning to surround everybody and murder the entire community? Why was this guy about to shoot an RPG into a crowd? What was Fisk's directive to his employees? Was it go in and kill everybody because Maya didn't get on the plane with me? I don't understand why Fisk was doing anything in the fifth episode. I understand that, yeah. I I think the answer is yes. Um, And I think the fifth episode, while I don't love some of this stuff, you know, them calling back to the Netflix era where Maya is now a healer and she goes into his mind and we see... Uh, the echoes of him, like, as a kid uh, before he murdered his dad because his dad beat his mom and, like, kind of that trauma started him on this path. Like, he he always has been a big baby. I'm not, like, that's just what he is. I kind of love that about Kingpin. And he strikes me as someone that would be like, uh, Maya didn't get on my plane. You know what, Irish guy that works for me? Go over there, get an RPG, and ah, just kill a bunch of them. (laughs) But aren't you like, if you're a hardened New York gangster who works for Fisk, aren't you sitting in Oklahoma going, what the hell am I doing here? This guy has lost it. Yep, (laughs) You're very fair. It is a great point. It is a great point. (laughs) Like the the petulant child stuff in Daredevil just made so much more sense to me because Daredevil was constantly messing up his operations and just like fucking him over. And he just kept getting more and more frustrated. Whereas with the Maya stuff, like he already gave her an out and a chance to kind of 
like kill him or like leave the lifestyle, but because she did it in her own way, he then got up. Like it just felt very redundant to me. Like it yeah. felt like we did the same scene over and over. I agree. I yeah. agree. Were you guys surprised that we left Hell's Kitchen for Oklahoma? And the main reason I want to know is because I don't think I ever got clarity from this show of why Maya chose to go back home. I know in the first episode, she drops the bomb in the train and it goes back to the armory and it blows it up, but it feels like she could have accomplished that from New York as well. So I never really understood like why Maya felt she needed to go all the way back to Oklahoma. It's a great question. I, it didn't bother me. To me, it was just like, oh, she's got to get out of there and the only place she can go is home. The thing that did bother me, though, and the thing that I also, after the show ended, I still couldn't reconcile, is why did after the flashbacks where it showed her like shooting Fisk and Hawkeye, why did it then go five months later? And then it shows yeah, her like stab wound. on the road with a stab wound. <laughs> Yeah. And then she goes home then. So I was like, wait, what? <laughs> so what was she doing for those five months? <laughs> and I guess she got stabbed close to home at one point and then was like, I guess I'll go home now. <laughs> you know, the, sh the show I would have loved to have seen would have been we pick up with her shooting Kingpin in the head and then she kind of just has to fight her way out of Hell's Kitchen to get home. That, I think, would have been more interesting to me. Like, um, what happened during those five months? And then realizing that she didn't actually kill Kingpin. And then... Yeah. Okay, I see. Can we jump into that real quick, too? I didn't get how Kingpin survived. I didn't catch that. It's just a comic book thing, I think. You just chalk it up to that. I mean, yeah, it is a comic book thing where Echo does that. But still, it doesn't really explain that in Hawkeye, she shoots him point blank in the face. And I guess she hits his eye... And then in the show, they keep showing this cool eye patch where he, like, pulls it off and it has, like, like some tech behind it. Like, it's like some blue light. So I guess it's healing him. So I don't know. I guess they had to shoot him for Hawkeye. And then they're like, well, we don't want to kill him. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll bring him back. <laughs> so to add on to me not understanding why Maya also chose to leave New York and go back to Oklahoma... It was also tough for me to just understand why anybody of a villainous nature was doing anything in this show. Um, like even even the small town like kind of crooks in this show. Like it's so hard for me to believe that these people actually have ties to Fisk because they're so far apart and it feels like they live in different worlds. Um, and then you have Fisk at the end, like potentially prepared to murder a whole town just because Maya doesn't get on the plane. And then you have Maya also maybe healing Fisk. So Nobody's motivations are clear to me and nobody's end goals are clear to me either. I'm totally with you there. I still couldn't, I couldn't understand what side Maya was on to the whole time. Well, and she also wants the empire. Like she's not trying to leave yes. the life of crime. That's what I was getting at. I mean, I mean, I'm not making a pun. She said it in the show, but she wanted to be the queen pin. Yeah. So I'm with you there. It's like, okay, she wants to be with her family. She loves her family, but at the same time, she doesn't really care about her family enough to stay. She wants to go back to New York. I don't know. I understand that. I liked a lot of the family stuff. Again, it's this is a messy show. It's like, did I need the 12th scene of a wide shot of Maya on her motorcycle driving through a random like street in Oklahoma? Dude. Not really. <laughs> um, I think they probably just reused most of We get it. She rides them. a motorcycle. <laughs> it's like, we get it. She knows how to ride one. <laughs> but um, uh, I, I did like a lot of the family stuff, but... When you guys talk about 
the other motivations, that's where the show kind of gets confusing, too. Because it's like Austin's talking about the family versus uh, the Empire. I like the family stuff, but the Empire thing was weird to me. I was like, as someone that really enjoyed the show, I was like, what the fuck? Like, in the first episode, she's like reconnecting with her uncle. They're climbing on top of this water tower, and she's like, I gotta take out Fisk. And I gotta be the, you know, he was in charge for a while. Now it's my turn. And it's like, so wait, you, you, five months ago, I guess, you shot him in the head. You think he's dead. So what are you trying to topple? And why are you trying to prove a point? Is it like, do you think that there's somebody else in charge now? Not, it doesn't seem like you do. <laughs> so, how, I mean, it seems like you probably should have just stayed there because you probably would have gotten the role. Yeah. I'm also <laughs> a 14 hour flight away from Fisk, but I want to yeah. take him out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I went to the other side of the country, but I need to go take him out in New York. And then in the first episode, she keeps telling everybody I'm here from I'm here for work. I'm passing through. In the first episode, she does what she came there to do. She gets the bomb on the train and blows up the armory. So yeah. why is she sticking around beyond that? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think it's probably because she was like, well, maybe, I guess I do love my family. I do like these guys. I, ah, this Biscuits guy, he is a classic <laughs> funny dude. <laughs> I got to stick around. I got to see my friend Bonnie, who's only in like four seconds of this show, who's my best friend and cousin, I think. The first scene of the show is Bonnie and young Maya going, we're sisters. And then she's like, no, we're not sisters, we're cousins. And she's like, no, we're sisters. And then the rest of the show, it seems like they barely know each other. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we, we need better for Bonnie and Deborah Jacobs. We'll never see that character again, but I want better. Hashtag better for Bonnie. Better for, better for Bonnie, I like that. <laughs> you, you came up with it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> You're right. I do like that. When it comes to the action, guys, uh, we've been kind of all over the place on this show. It sounds like I like most of this more than you guys, but maybe we can find some common ground on the action. Do you guys have any highlight sequences? Is it too easy to say that it's the Daredevil sequence? I've, 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 heard, I've heard everybody kind of say, yeah, the show has the Daredevil scene in episode one and it peaks there, but... It sounds like based on your reactions, maybe you agree with me that I was like, well, hold on, episode three and four in the skate rink with Maya kind of clearing out everybody there. That was pretty tight, too. So, I mean, are those the only good ones? I mean, am I crazy? What do you guys think? Well, they're the only ones in the show. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> and they're both great. Like, I, I, when I was watching the first episode, I, but even when we got to the Daredevil scene, even though it's early, I was like, I'm already kind of not liking this. But if we have this action every episode, I can get through it. And then we didn't have any action for the next four episodes. So I already was like kind of feeling the loss of a failed promise from the marketing. Um, but both, I mean, both scenes really are fun. The, the only thing I didn't like about the skate scene was you see her like going through and like snapping people's arms and necks. And then like when the fight ends, the whole crew is like up and standing around here with guns. That was kind of cheap. Wait. So are these other guys or are these the dead people? There's <laughs> like, it's one of those, like those moments when you're watching TV or a movie and you, you go like this, like over the TV, like, like you're looking for them on the other, on the other side, like, uh, where are they? And you, I was looking for them on the floor and like, nope, I think they're all standing. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. I was like, that's a lot of guys. <laughs> at the but end seeing there. her go kind of toe to toe with Daredevil and, 
um, like trying to get into the armory. Like I thought that stuff was fun in the opening. There's there's also a sequence where a guy tries to shoot her. She knocks the gun out of his hand, and then they kind of both go into like a fighting stance, and she smiles and motions him to come on. Like I thought that was really fun. Yeah, the guy. That I, I just wish her. there was more yeah. of those moments. Yeah. Yeah, I thought I thought that was the um, that was a highlight for sure. Yeah, wait, she just fucking beat that guy's face in with her fist, and then the other guy was like. Okay, you got him, Maya. And then she just like roundhouse kicks him to the head. <laughs> I was like, okay, you know, this show's got some stuff going on. And then Daredevil comes in and it's taking too long, guys. We know that his show is coming, but it, it, it should have been prioritized. Where's my boy? Where's, I mean, Keith, I mean, loves John Bernthal like the rest of us. Keith is like, where's the Punisher? We know he's in it. So it's like, where is this content? Where is it? Well, right now it's going through rewrites. Oh, shit, you're right. Fuck. He was, he was at uh, She-Hulk's office, remember? He was in She-Hulk. Oh, that's right. With his nice little yeah. yellow and red suit, which I gotta say, that suit was pretty sick. He's he's probably still getting with She-Hulk. I mean, they they got down and dirty fast that in that show. That sex scene was kind of hot, I'm gonna be honest. Their, chemi- their <laughs> chemistry was pretty palpable. <laughs> so, yeah, are they still together? We don't know. We just don't know. I did want to ask you guys, you kind of get for throughout the whole show, her her and her grandmother avoiding each other, and then they have a very quick conversation in the finale, and then the grandmother gets superpowers. Do you think any of that stuff was earned? I all thought it was like, I don't really know or care about the grandma. She's kind of been a jerk the whole season. I don't need her to get any <laughs> redemption. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm but, glad you yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because it, it brings me to another question that I'll pair with that question is about the powers like we get the flashbacks with the native americans in whatever time period it's supposed to be in i guess the 18 late 1800s you don't really see a whole it's like these very quick flashbacks like three or four seconds like showing their faces but you don't really get a whole lot of origin behind it then then it cuts back to the present day like you said and we have maya with these powers and you see the powers i think you, you see her use the powers for the first time on the train when she uncouples the cars. I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. We're going to see more of this, but then we don't see it till the the very end. And like you said, Austin, now her grandmother has the powers too. Like they all had the powers. I think she had transferred the powers, but it, it was, it was weird. And Matt, you may know more than I do, but this is also not Echo's normal powers, right? Like, isn't she usually able to kind of look at somebody's fighting style and mimic it? Yeah. That's kind of Echo's things. They've made a pretty big departure in the adaptation, which I'm fine with because you also have characters like Taskmaster and Black Widow where that's kind of their thing too. So I'm fine with what they're doing with, with, with Echo. Um, and, and with Echo, um, they were like, here's an, like an adaptation of this character in Hawkeye. They bring her over to this. And then I guess they were like, well, should we give her powers? And I have to say, I kind of loved this until the end because for me, for most of the show, for like four and a half episodes, it felt more like symbolism to me. It felt like Maya is already really good at this stuff. She's already a great fighter. She's already kind of a sharpshooter. So it's like, you know, they talk about like the generations are echoing through her. So they're showing uh, these past lives and kind of like kind of flashing to them in these like critical moments. And then it got disappointing because then at the end they were like, well, no, Maya is now also going to get superpowers. It's not just symbolism anymore. 
Now she's going to be a healer like her mother, I guess, and try and heal Fisk. And I guess it doesn't work. I don't know. And then cut to the post credit where he's running for mayor. And I guess I, I don't know. So I, I really actually quite liked um, the random um, like starts to the first three episodes where it was like, hey, here's some backstory. Here's her ancestors. Uh, and here's how it ties in. And I got super hyped in the finale in that moment whenever she's like talking to her mom before she puts on her new suit and she's like, you have strategy. Then it cuts to her ancestor that won the, the stickball game or whatever. You have cunning. Lacrosse. Yeah, lacrosse. There you go. So it cuts to all that. I was like, oh, that's sick. And then we then cut to the end and then she's now able to transfer like random like strength powers to her old grandmother and her friend that they forgot to leave in the show her <laughs> so. cousin friend sister girlfriend <laughs> so it's 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 very odd I, I liked a lot of what they were doing but this is definitely the definition of something that i thought they fumbled in the end i, I did kind of laugh out loud whenever whenever she was like healing or whatever when she sends kingpin to his vision and then whenever he cuts back to he's like what did you just do I, don't know I, why his face. <laughs> I, I thought it was perfect, but also pretty funny. I liked what it, but yeah, do? it was funny. Goldman Sachs. <laughs> Probably the best thing I could say about the show, I talked about it in a non-spoiler, is I think their main two goals were to kind of give Echo a, a bigger story, more depth, and then also fully reintroduce uh, Kingpin. And... I think this show, I did not give a fuck about Echo and Hawkeye. And by the end of this, I, I'm really a fan. I know, I, I guess I'm maybe in the minority, but I really like what Alakwa Cox is doing. I like the character of Echo now, so I'm excited to see more. Like, I hope she shows up in Daredevil Born Again. I, I would love for, like, the end of that show to be Daredevil taking down Mayor Kingpin and he has Echo by his side. I would love to see that. I would love to see them have to team up to kind of take down their mortal enemy because Daredevil and Echo, they've set up like pretty equally that like that is both of their main villains. So I'd love to see that. But um that's probably the best thing I can say is just that I want to see more of Echo and some of those side characters because I thought they were really fun. Um that's kind of all I got. I, I agree with that for the most part. I feel like I've been saying this a lot lately with Marvel stuff. I, I want to see this main character again because I think they nailed the casting and I think Alaka Cox is really great in the role, but I want to see her in a better project. And I never want to come back to this Oklahoma town ever again. I don't want to see these characters. I don't even know how they would pop up in other stuff. I don't. I do not need them to ever come back in anything. But I really do want to see her and Daredevil in Hell's Kitchen fighting yeah. Fisk and his army. Like that is what I was hoping to get from this show. And so hopefully we get that in the Daredevil show. No, I think that's well said. Like it, this show did a good enough job of, I guess, introducing us better to Maya, Echo, whatever you want to call her. But didn't do a good enough, did not do a good enough job to know fully of who she is yet because I still don't feel like I know who this character is at all yet. We still really don't know by the end of this show what she wants. Does she still want Kingpin's empire? Does she want to be more ingratiated with her family? It's kind of still murky. Yeah, I think by the end they're telling us that she wants to be with the family, but how that pertains to future stuff, I don't know. I think that's what the show is telling us that she wants to be with the family. But, but she's not going to be. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. Yeah, because Charlie Cox is going to show up. <laughs> Charlie Cox is like, hold on, my contract just went into effect. I I, I need you here. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to show up with a bottle of wine and flowers. Yeah. And I know we only got like a very quick cameo of Daredevil in a fun fight sequence. Um, And, and we're talking about the future. Uh, Keith, you still are. You still are the guy. You're one of the, the proud, the few. You you love Punisher. You never watch a Daredevil somehow. Um, are you, ex- I, I guess I can't ask you, like, does this show make you more excited for Daredevil? Because that <laughs> really makes sense. But it's like, I don't know. Like, are are you excited for Daredevil, the character in, in the future project, in the future projects? We know the show is coming. Like, do you want to rewatch that stuff? Do you want to see this character, like, kind of like. Uh, move into that like did you like fisk enough where you're like well hold on okay this guy was fun maybe i want to see where he's like the main villain in a three season show like we're kind of where are you at with that and keith unfortunately for you this show in hawkeye is the worst versions of fisk so if you do go watch the netflix show like it's only up from here yeah because yeah because I, yeah, I love vincent d'onofrio and i can see him playing a really like scary version of this character that's a scene where he decapitates a guy with a car door Damn. In the Netflix show. That's true. That's pretty cool. Damn. Yeah. That's pretty uh, scary. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but to answer your question about Daredevil, no, I'm I do like the character Daredevil from what I've seen in of him from his cameos and other projects. And from watching Punisher, I could or I can tell that, that that theme is probably what the Daredevil theme is like too, action wise. That Netflixy feel, not the Disney Marvel feel to it. Uh, if that makes sense. I mean, that show is that show is even darker than Punisher is. So if that's yeah. what you're looking for. You'll love it. Yeah. So I think I'm gonna like it a lot. So yeah, I need to get on it and watch it. That way, I can be filled in on Charlie Cox. I won't. I won't promise it, but I do think a fun future episode would be just like a Daredevil retrospective. I've I've been thinking about rewatching it. Uh, because I stand by what I said. I, I really am even more nervous for the Marvel Daredevil show than I have been after watching this show. I like Marvel has Marvel's lost it. They haven't made a good thing in a while. And so I, I really don't trust them with the Charlie Cox Daredevil. Well, we'll, we'll rewatch the good Daredevil and we'll just pray for good stuff. after. <laughs> just like him. <laughs> just like him. He loves to pray. Little Catholic boy. He's like, I just <laughs> murdered three guys, father. Do you forgive me? And he's like, I guess so, brother. <laughs> Just like uh, maybe Shia Buff will be his deacon in the Daredevil show <laughs> for Marvel. <laughs> wow. Hell yeah. That's going to be a reference that does not hold up in terms of like timing. <laughs> People are going to be like listening to this later like, what the fuck are they talking about? <laughs> yeah, I guess Shia LaBeouf is like a, a priest now, a deacon, whatever you want to call it. I don't know. Good for him, I guess. Stanley Yelnats. Who would have thought? Probably a more steady paycheck than being an actor. Not a lot of money, but at least you, you know you're getting one. I'll never forget when Nick Kroll joked at an award show that Shia LaBeouf looks like somebody that whenever he makes a hard turn in his car, a lot of stuff shifts around. And I was like, <laughs> that is very accurate. <laughs> good call. That really is good. Well, guys, before we close out here, this has been a fun one. Let's do some Marty's Podcast Awards, our first official ones for the year, uh, 2024. It could be something positive, could be something negative, or, of course, something in between about the show we just talked about. So, guys, what do you think deserves an award this time? 
Yeah, I'm very upset because Matt stole my thunder. I thought I had nailed it coming into this episode. Uh, I'm going to give the We Get It, She Knows How to Ride a Bike Award to the cinematographer because (laughs) we saw her on a motorcycle more times than we saw her fighting people in the show. And that that ratio is not what you want to be. And it always looked like she was leaving town, but then usually she wasn't. I was like, how far away is the main Yeah, <laughs> after the skate scene, I was like, oh, she's leaving. Like, maybe she realized she can't bring the danger here. She's going back to New York. And then she just pulls up to her driveway. <laughs> I'm going to give the Missed Opportunity Award to Wilson Fisk, Kingpin. So we know he likes his Sunday dinners, but I think he definitely missed out on a breakfast opportunity whenever he was at the Choctaw Casino. Matthew, do you remember stopping at the Choctaw Casino you on the way back fucking do. and going to get the breakfast buffet? Why wasn't Kingpin at the breakfast buffet at the Choctaw Casino? That was the funny thing, Keith. I was watching. I was like, why the fuck is this billionaire staying at the Choctaw Casino? And then I was like, <laughs> well, he has no other option. And then that's when I was like, Keith and I went there one time, <laughs> literally to drive and get gas, do one slot, and then have a breakfast buffet. <laughs> My award, guys, is do we need to pay this guy this much money? And this goes to Charlie Cox's Daredevil. Look, it was a fun cameo in Spider-Man No Way Home. It was a fun cameo this time. But I also kind of feel like this time, half the time he was on screen, it was probably his stunt double. So it's like, has he earned his paycheck yet? And this is, a, this is somebody that cannot wait for Daredevil Born Again, the show that keeps like, having to restart because apparently it's so bad, according to my friend Austin. Um, but, <laughs> well, and our friend Kevin Feige. I'm just, I'm like genuinely excited that he's getting paid the big bucks just to be like, yeah, I'll come to the set of Echo. I, fuck it, fine. I'll, I'll go to She-Hulk for a few days. Like he just like kind of walks on set and like he gets paid a bunch of money. He's a great actor. I love him. So I'm excited for him. Yeah, he is the Ben Affleck of David Ayer's Suicide Squad. <laughs> he gets second billing, and he shows up for five minutes. <laughs> wow. I guess, awesome. what you're saying is, like, there's a history of, um, if you play Daredevil in a movie, it sounds like that's kind of a good oh. thing. Ben Affleck played Daredevil, of course, in the year of our Lord 2003 with, a, with his ex-lover, Jennifer Garner, as Elektra. Man, what a film. I guess I guess what I'm saying is there's something powerful whenever you play Daredevil. Do you think Charlie Cox will end up with a giant tiger back tattoo? I, I, I thought you were going to say, will he end up with Jennifer Garner? And honestly, the answer is I hope so. <laughs> I don't know if he's married, but if he's not, I hope so. <laughs> anyway, thank you all so much for listening. I'm like about to pass out because I'm feeling really concerned about the future of the MCU and also Daredevil. Who's the next Daredevil actor? <laughs> Come on, guys. Should Ben Affleck come back? Uh, but if you enjoyed this episode, make sure you hit that follow button so you never miss our upcoming content. Also, if you wouldn't mind sharing us with a friend, we would appreciate that to continue to grow our show. Please leave us reviews as well. If you want to write anything, leaving us a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast really does help us out. At the Arnie's is our social and the Arnie's.media is the website. We'll be back next Tuesday with another episode. And also last week, if you're curious about all the movies and TVs coming out this year, the three of us got together, we sat down and we mapped it out month by month. So we have you covered to look ahead at the entire year for movies and TV. Be sure to go check that episode out. How many, how many of those has Daredevil in them? Well, this one. This is the one and only. <laughs> oh. This one. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> 
And lastly, we want to hear from you. So please send us a message on Instagram at the Arnie's or email us the Arnie's media at gmail.com. What did you think of Echo? Would you ever work for Kingpin or simply just jump in front of a car instead? Anything you say, we'll read on the show and react to it live on our latest episode. That's right, everybody. Hope you enjoyed this one. We'll see you next week. Have a great week. We'll see you next time. See ya. Biscuits and gravy. (laughs) 